0: CR101radio.com Podcasts and more. And welcome back to another episode of Preschool Pioneers. I am your host, Jeremy Walker. You can follow us on our parent network, CR101 Radio on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Gab, YouTube, and Liberty News Radio. And you can subscribe to this podcast and preferred platform to so never miss an episode. Visit CR101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers for these links. So let's go ahead and get started on this episode, which is entitled, M is for Matrimony the important role of marriage in society, and the life of the child. Welcome back to Preschool Pioneers listeners. Uh, My name is Jeremy Walker, and as our listeners may or may not be aware, I am a husband, married for 20 plus years now. I have 11 children, one of those who has now been raised to adulthood, married, and has children of his own on the way been involved in early Christian education, now for over 20 plus years as well, and of course, I'm a minister as well. So all these subjects we're going to be talking about, mostly education, has to do with that subject of why Christians should become teachers. Why are they important in this world? And that's something we want to answer on this episode. Christians should become teachers. Because children need to be taught about the most important institution the man participates in that is designed by God, the family. They need to be taught how it was formed, its God-given function and its purpose, how it is to be maintained, and this is something only Christians can truly do. So I want to go ahead and get started today on this episode, M is for Matrimony, to discuss really importantly and very quickly some aspects of the family itself and marriage. I've been involved, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, in Christian education schools for a very long time. And my wife and I, we run a Christian school, a family-run Christian school here in Southwest Florida, and we do that with our family. And our listeners might remember me discussing this a little bit about how our children do work with us. They're at the school with us. So they do their schooling and the work that's entailed there. And then, of course, they get to help us there at the school. Well, one of the very interesting things about that setup is that it is evangelical. Not just because we teach the kids Bible, but because our family is there. Children get to come in to my school. They get to see myself. They get to see my wife. They get to see my children. They get to see how we interact with each other. And they get to see a a true Christian family. It's something that they don't get to see as a norm. Right now, we do have an epidemic. It's not as terrible as some people would like it um, to be mentioned as. Uh, The structure is in the broken homes. But In other ways, it's much worse in some other ways. I get to see on a daily basis children who have never seen what a family is truly is so then whenever they hear people talk about the family and the horrors of it because when you have people out there who have agendas that are anti-christian humanistic they hate the family because the family does a lot of things which we're going to talk about in a second that undermine and put roadblocks up to humanistic education so people don't understand why families are that important because they don't get to see it. They don't get to see what it could be. They themselves didn't grow up with a stable family. They didn't grow up in a Christian home. Many people grow up in what we call, quote unquote, Christian homes, but they're not stable. Even then, they're not stable. Just because you put the word Christian attached to it doesn't mean it's good. There's a lot of fakers out there. A Godly home is not the same as a Christian home if you want to put labels on things. See, the godly, God-ordained home does a few things. It has attributes itself for men and for women, things that children need to learn. One of those aspects is that people try to sail the idea that being single and free, well, that is a fulfilling thing to have no strings attached, to have a husband, to have a wife, especially to have children. This is a drag. You don't want to be held down by all this. This is not fulfilling. What you need is to be happy. And to be happy is to be independent and to be free. But nothing can be further from the truth. The primary institution that man was created for, which we as parents and we as teachers need to make sure we teach this stuff is that the man and the woman were placed in what we call the family, the primary institution that was created by God. And man and woman both find their ultimate fulfillment in this institution, in support of this institution, in the maintaining of this institution. See, it's something that's ingrained in us. It's something that we know we need. It's something that we know we want, but they just don't know how to do it. Selfishness is a large part of it. Rebellion's a bigger part of it. Uh, but it's not something overly complicated, but it's something that's not taught. And it's something that children don't get to see. See, the concept of sexuality is inherent in man. You can't get away from it. It's not something that's perverted. It's not something we should be uncomfortable talking about. But sex is created by God, not by the pervert. And sex has its purpose and its use and it has its place for man and for woman. If you want to be fulfilled, also in the carnal aspects, sexuality, then God has given you an institution for that as well. It is called the family, marriage, matrimony. See, a man and a woman can have their complete fill, fulfill every desire that they have inside marriage. There is nobody trying to win it. There's nobody trying to convince somebody uh, to have sex with them. They're not having to beg for it. They're not having to perform tricks for it. This is inside the marriage bed. The woman gives herself over to her husband. And the man gives himself over to his wife. They then give up the power over their own bodies to each other. And so there are no longer two people. There is one flesh. Now, I know that sounds strange. And children don't get to hear this, that the two become one flesh. Every child that's been in a school of mine, typically they're not uh, from a family where there are two parents in the home. Uh, It might be, but they're probably not married. And what they don't see is they don't see two people who are trying their very best to mold themselves into one. They don't see that. They don't see the one being self-sacrificing for the other. There are two people who have come together, uh, maybe out of practicality, maybe out of sexual attraction for a little while, but they're still independent persons. These two people are now seeing themselves as separate still. They've come together, they have some things that they get along with, but they still see themselves as independent nations, you could say. And they're only there to the extent that the other person continues to make them happy, or to the extent that they don't find something that's better that's out there. See, the problem with this is that when children grow up and they see this, and they think that this is the way the world works, there is no stability for the child there definitely is no stability for society. And when you have no stability for the child or society, then society starts to break down. The child's future becomes less secure. They become more vulnerable, especially to things like totalitarianism and the state. Without a strong family, without strong individuals, then you will get a strong tyrannical state. The stronger the families. The weaker the state, the less necessary it is. The family doesn't need the state for its support. The state is not needed to care for the individual because they're hardworking and they have a family structure and support to help them. Women do not need the state to help them raise their children because they have a husband. See, the family structure itself is the bedrock of society. The concept of nakedness is a big one, and we have another episode soon, which we'll be discussing this in particular, nakedness in particular. But that is also to be had inside the family. We'll discuss some of these issues, uh, the pluses and minuses of how this takes place. But the family teaches about it and where do they get their structure about nakedness when it's appropriate, when it's not. Sexuality, when it's appropriate, when it's not. Well, they get that from God. From the Bible. Family law. See the family is a law structure in and of itself. It's a form of government. When people think of government today they only think of civil government. Whenever anybody mentions government at all, that's the only thing they're ever talking about. And for some reason, the government is supposed to be in charge of everything. It's supposed to have a universal authority. Universal jurisdiction where everybody's supposed to be pushed into the state. Everybody will come to the all-knowing, all-governing state, and it's going to be taken care of from cradle to grave. Well, the problem is that's not God-ordained. Right now in the world, not just in America, but in the world itself, we have disjointed spheres of authority And so, because of them, they're warring with each other. The civil government is warring with everybody else and is the most powerful. You have church governments that are out there, and many of the churches that are out there are warring with other people as well, the family, the civil government, seeking power. Then you have uh, schools out there, school governments that are trying their best to gain control and independence, and the family is a huge one as well, and there's more than this, but all these different spheres should have their own authorities, they should have their own limitations, and if they do their God-given functions, then society is bettered. When they decide to try to usurp each other, which is what civil government does, then it does nothing but become a tyrannical state. And every time it tries to do something good, if it's welfare, if it's health care, all it does is destroy. It can't do anything properly. And the reason for it is, is because it's trying to screw in screws, but it's a hammer. It's doing the wrong function. It's the wrong tool trying to perform the wrong type of function. And society is not better for it. See, inside the family and inside marriage you have religion this is the bedrock of where religion comes from because god gives his faith to men and man transmits that to his children so in and of itself marriage the institution is the primary the primary educator and the prim- primary religious institution that god created the church itself has a function but it is not the primary religious institution that God ordained. The church itself is an educator. It is a teacher. It is a proclaimer. It does things and works of charity and many other functions. But the family remains the primary religious institution in the world. The primary institution. The first teacher of children. So what happens then? When you have a totalitarian state that recognizes that this is the case, which they have. Well, they immediately see the family, the God-ordained structured institution as a threat. And it wants to destroy the family. Why? Because simply the family is its enemy. It is a roadblock to educating people the way it wants. It is an impediment to changing society's focus of religion. And the most important thing that a person can do is have a good, strong, grounded faith and a good, strong, grounded family that is educated in God's word, God's commandments, and what they're supposed to do. If you have a strong family where the husband and wife support each other, if you have a strong family where the parents support their children, and where the children support the family. When the parents get old, the children will step up to the plate and ensure that their parents are taken care of. This is a threat to the state because it looks at the state and says, you are not necessary in these functions. The state wants to take the responsibility of caring for every individual, their health care, their finances, everything from cradle to grave. And whenever the family says, nope, we're good, we have it all covered, we don't need your help, then the state is weakened. On top of that, the family has its own religious beliefs that it not only believes, but also transmits to their children. This has political consequences for the world. People... They are influenced based on their primary religious most deeply held beliefs that they have. And children get these primarily from their parents, from their upbringing, which is the number one reason why they do not want children educated at home. And home education just means taught the religion of the home. Not necessarily that they're sitting at home all day with mommy or daddy behind the doors of their home, but that the family gets the choice in how their children are educated. This is why even private education is an abhorrent thing to the state. The state would love nothing better than to remove all ability to homeschool, which is uh, the family to teach their children in their homes, or all private schools. They would love nothing more than to make everything obsolete. So then the only true educator is now the state. The only religion is the state's religion, which is, of course, religious humanism. And this is the biggest obstacle, the biggest danger that the state sees is the family. It controls religion. It's also why adultery is such a big deal. Fornication is not something to get used to. God's commandments teaches absolutely against these things. When you have a wayward state, when you have a wayward humanistic system, as we do, they promote these things. And the family says, no, you can't do such things. So you have the state on one hand who has its agendas, its religious beliefs and ideologies about sexuality, about humans, about their relationships and what's going to be fulfilling and what they want people to believe. And then you have these crazy nut Christian families who are teaching their children the opposite. They naturally see these people as dangerous because they are teaching against their established religion. This also includes, of course, in the families, people who believe, according to the Bible, that the family is structured between one man and one woman. This was a big deal a few years ago, and this was under attack. Because why? This means that all sexual interaction that is not between one man and one woman within the confines of marriage is evil. Everything else is evil. And this goes against all the teachings of humanism. They absolutely promote sexual promiscuity and perversions. And the family stands against that. It becomes the enemy of the state. So something that I'd like to point out what Christians are supposed to be teaching their children, why they're important, is in Ephesians 5, 22-23. Quote, "'Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the Lord is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body.'" He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it, and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall too be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Unquote. And Ephesians 6, 1-4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Unquote. Well, this is really simple stuff if you're paying attention to it. It's very basic and it's very important. And for Christian parents and Christian teachers, we need to not only understand the importance of the family, we need not only to understand its functions and what it's supposed to do, its primary purposes, but also we're supposed to be able to convey that. Convey that to other people so that they can, as we mentioned earlier, learn how to create families, and maintain them. Because one of the biggest problems is the selfishness that I mentioned earlier. A godly family has a husband who is in charge of that family. This is a hated doctrine by most people. Well, the reason why it's hated, of course, is because it is God-ordained. This is why. There is authority in the home. The husband is in charge of his wife. He's responsible for her, in other words. The children, he's also responsible for, and they must listen to him. This also includes the mother, but primarily the father. And if you notice here, people would like to think that Christians are these haters who just want everybody to listen to them. Well, no, it's God who wants the wife to listen to the husband, it's God who wants children to listen to the father and the mother. And it is God's authority that is given to the man. And that primarily puts him in a place of responsibility, not power, which most people misunderstand. So the important thing is that we teach our children personally and our students the importance of the family. It is the bedrock of all of society. And the reason why society is falling apart is because they first undergirded it by taking out the foundation, which is the family. If families are going to be kept together, it's primarily the husband or the father's responsibility to keep them together. Without him, it's all going to fall apart. And once again, this is just one of the reasons why Christians need to become teachers. They are going to need to be able to show children what the family is what its structure looks like, the importance of it, how to not only create them, but then how to maintain them. And so if they're going to do that, they're going to have to go to the Word of God. They need teachers. They need parents. They need educators to do that, to help them. So I want to thank you for joining me again for another episode of Preschool Pioneers. You can find our website at cr101radio.com forward slash Pioneers. And uh, hopefully I've given you something to think about. And I want to thank you for joining me again today. So until next time, God bless. And have a great day.